We live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable. So did the divine right of kings. Any human power can be resisted and changed by human beings. Resistance and change often begin in art and very often in our art, the art of words. Hello, listeners. We are <clears throat> not scheduled to be back yet. Um, uh, we're going to come back in February in a big way. Uh, we're really excited about it. But I was sitting yesterday in my house and got the news that um, the god, the beast, our great and prolific genius, Ursula Le Guin, has passed from this realm into the next. And I immediately started grieving and I think I was just <laughs> in denial at first and then got to move into the stage of gratitude for all that she offered, all that she gave to us. And I wanted to immediately write about her and immediately say all the things. Um, but what I realized is there's too much to say, there's too much to share about Ursula Le Guin and I'm working on a larger project on her work, a uh, sci-fi and social justice reader, which is a similar thing that, it's a, something I did for Octavia Butler's work, and you can find that on my blog, and uh, maybe we can put a link to it up on the, the How to Survive the End of the World podcast site. Um, but in 2016, I was the Ursula Le Guin Feminist Sci-Fi Fellow, and I got to go and spend time in her papers, and I got to meet her, and, um, and I got to correspond with her a little bit afterwards, ask her a few questions. It was brief. She had a sense of already being overloaded and, and sort of on the decline. And was just honest that she couldn't really step into a longer correspondence, but she was super gracious and kind and beautiful to interact with. And so what occurred to me last night before I went to bed and first thing this morning was that I wanted to write her a final letter. Um, and so I did. I did. I wrote it in the dark. <laughs> and, and I cried a lot while writing it. I cried before writing it and I've cried several times since. Um, I really feel a deep grief um, to lose her. So I wanted to share what I wrote. Um, first, I picked out a few excerpts from the correspondence and I'm planning to publish many more pieces of that correspondence in the actual social justice reader uh, because she kind of did a little interview for me and it's great her voice is fantastic she's snarky and honest and funny and kind all at the same time um, but here's just a few pieces so one question I asked her how does imagination help our species survive and Ursula answered it is through imagination that we think intelligently about what we've done, are doing, and should do. Uh, while I was in the papers, in her papers, there's just tons and tons and abundance of correspondence, and these are all in Eugene, Oregon. You can all you can visit. You can get permission to go in and, and read and see what she created. And there's files, you know, so it's just like files of conversations that she had, correspondence back and forth with all of these amazing writers. 
And I found several of the writers that I wanted to read. You know, I was like, what did she have to say to Karen Joy Fowler? And what did she have to say to Vonda McIntyre and some other folks? But I couldn't find correspondence with Octavia Butler. And so I, I, I was, you know, curious. Did she correspond with Octavia? And did she ever meet Octavia Butler? And she, so I asked her. And she said, we, we met only two or three times. She was an extraordinary person, both formidable and lovable. I always felt she was larger than life, if you know what I mean, uh, which I think was sweet and how many of us felt about Octavia. Um, and she also shared something sweet, which is that Octavia moved in a parallel circle um, when she was in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, and that people in that circle kind of kept Ursula abreast of what Octavia was doing, that they kind of heard of each other. So I like that, you know, that that exchange was happening. Um, and then after I kind of, I didn't quite ask her to be my mentor, but I, I, I was, I, she probably saw it before I did. I didn't think I was asking her to be my mentor, but I said something along the lines of like, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely showing up. I'm interested in being in, in communication with you and in correspondence with you. And, um, if it feels like the age gap is too wide, um, you know, please know that, that my friend Grace and I became friends when she was 92 <laughs> and we had a great friendship until she passed away at age 100 and Ursula wrote back and was like that's very scary <laughs> basically the idea of living to 100 did not feel like something that she was interested in or doing um, and that she was like you know I, I feel like I've, I've done my life's work and I thanked her for her life's work and she said you're very welcome I have enjoyed it very much which feels like such a great way to feel in the year preceding your, your departure. So a relationship with a beloved writer can be a very selfish place. You're alone with them, building an understanding of the world through their eyes and some intimate pairing of imaginations. They paint the world, but all of it happens inside you. I tried to write something more epic and universal, and I trust that that will come but first, I wanted to write a letter to her that was about how she shaped me. So here's the letter that emerged. Dear Ursula, great teacher, great spirit, I've been crying since I got the news of your passing and also feeling very alive. I got to live at the same time as you, and I get the honor of grieving you. There are thoughts and ideas you wrote down that became beliefs for my whole life, marking posts on the journey of freeing myself. There are questions you asked that changed the way I could think. Many of us don't get to experience grandparents who can accept us whole. For me, you were one of the adults who stepped into that yawning space who joined the composite of my dream elder. You let me know I may be in the wrong universe, but I am not wrong. I am not impossible. You not only matched and fed my queer, unorthodox mind, but pushed me further. On relationships and sex alone, you had me consider, what about a four-way marriage? What about gender as a responsive, switchy sexual state that was otherwise non-existent? What about instead of a period, you just had a monthly sexual overdrive and a special place to go orgy for that time? I am a lucky one. I got to tell you to your face that you were everything and you were gracious about it. I'm still creating a project about your work. In researching it, I became fascinated by you, 
your abundant correspondence, your art and poetry connected to the worlds you created, your fierce letters to local editors about tree removals, <laughs> your loves and flirtations. I still want to read everything. It feels impossible in the best way. Writers cast themselves out to the world with words so that now you feel fully dispersed, more than gone. You were so generous with your gifts and you were rare, both prolific and genius. So many genius words. The worlds you wrote, <laughs> so emotional, I'm trying so hard to pull this off. The worlds you wrote increased my trust that white people could imagine something beyond their own supremacy and that capitalism could be out-imagined like monarchy. And even when I did not seek you, you were there. When I learned to meditate, you'd left me a framework. When I fell in love with the Tao, I could turn to your translation. When I wanted amazing fiction for all my nibblings, you had a series on flying cats. When I needed to stand up for something, feeling alone in my dignity, you told me about the ones who walk away from utopia dependent on someone else's suffering. When I lost hope in this world, you offered me a plethora of fully formed universes to learn from. You even gave me multiple options for moving between universes, both distant and parallel. When some aspect of humanity felt far beyond my comprehension or compassion, I found books you had written 20 years before that not only opened my heart, opened the possible in me, but generated desire for that specific difference. When I wondered if imagination could be necessary for revolution and transformation, you said yes. You said our dreams and visions matter. They are the way we make oppression temporary. 88 years, I wanted more. You are that kind of human. Even as I sit in my grief for you, you guide me. You remind me that you are not absent, but complete. True journey is return. Love, A and B. I think hard times are coming when we will be wanting the voices of writers who can see alternatives to how we live now and can see through our fear-stricken society and its obsessive technologies to other ways of being and even imagine some real grounds for hope. We will need writers who can remember freedom. Poets, visionaries, the realists of a larger reality. Thank you.